Support for the Roster Watch podcast and for the Tradecast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ROSTERWATCH. there roster watch nation it's your friendly neighborhood trash man and this is the fantasy fallout going into week 12 of the nfl season let's go ahead and get started thursday night game steelers at brown steelers lost this one 7 to 21 mason rudolph 221 yards a touchdown and four interceptions was exceptionally bad on thursday night a fact that was lost on many after the fracas that occurred at the end of the game He's got a juicy matchup with the 0-10 Bengals this week, but with Juju, Smith-Schuster, and Deontay Johnson, both in concussion protocol, in addition to his poor play, Rudolph is not an ideal streamer. If Juju and Johnson both sit this week, James Washington and Johnny Holton, who actually tied Vance McDonald for the most targets with seven, will be the top wide receiver option for Pittsburgh. McDonald and Jalen Samuels probably make for the best receiving options, though. James Conner re-aggravated his shoulder on Thursday night to be, relie- to be relieved by Samuels and Trey Edmonds. Conner probably came back sooner than he should have, and the Steelers will probably be more careful with him this time around. Samuels and Edmonds make for decent flex plays against the Bengals this week. And then Kareem Hunt isn't getting many carries behind Nick Chubb, 6 to Chubb's 27, but he's majorly involved in the passing game. He had seven targets on Thursday for a 6 for 46 line. He's generally only valuable in PPR formats, but he might be worth a standard lineup play against the Dolphins this week. On to the next game, Texans at Ravens. Texans lost this one 7 to 41. It's crazy to think that Deshaun Watson had never lost by double digits before Sunday. He appeared to, well, at least in the NFL, he appeared to injure his ankle during the game, but stayed in to finish. He gets the Colts this week, a team he underwhelmed against in Week 7. Will Fuller is slated to return Thursday night against the Colts. He's a must-start if healthy, but Kenny Stills will not be. It's all for the best. Stills' play has been negligible, at least for fantasy, since Week 7. Gus Edwards had 114 yards and a touchdown on Sunday, but don't get too excited. Edwards' touchdown play was a 63-yard scamper in garbage time, and the Ravens were already up by 20 more than 20 points. Edward hasn't had more than eight carries since week one, and I don't see that changing this week against the Rams. Marquise Brown, two for 23 yards, doesn't seem to be over his ankle issue. That paired with the lack of necessity of a wide receiver core for the Ravens at all for their offense to operate at an optimal level. Oh, and Jalen Ramsey's Rams up next makes Brown a play to avoid this week. If you, if you don't have to play him. On to the next game. Falcons at Panthers. Falcons won this one. 29-3. Two-game win streak for the Falcons. Falcons about to, uh, the Falcons about turn as of late has little to do with the offense. Raheem Morris is moving to defensive back coach. 
and defensive play caller is the main reason for it. Matt Ryan has been more of a game manager the last two weeks as he played with a lead in each game, but he'll have to throw the ball more this week against the Bucks, who are difficult to run against. Brian Hill running back for the Falcons wasn't terribly effective against the Panthers, six touches, 38 yards, and he'll probably be just as ineffective against the Bucks this week as they have a top-tier run defense. He is not an advised flex. Russell Gage, wide receiver, Muhammad's new replacement, didn't do much this week, but the Falcons were playing with the lead most of the game. He'll be worth a flex in a cherry matchup with the Bucks' miserable secondary, especially if Austin Hooper is out again this week, which is likely. On the other side of the ball, the Panthers may be regretting shutting down Cam Newton right about now, as Kyle Allen is imploding before our very eyes. Zero touchdowns, four interceptions. Credit the upstart Falcons defense, but Allen isn't worth starting in any format right now. Fortunately for his receivers, he's able to distribute the ball pretty evenly on most days to the opposing defense included. Byron, is there anything worse than whenever you're trying to shave your your balls and you have to use the same razor or the same trimmer or whatever that you use on your face? Oh, I just puckered up thinking about it. <laughs> it hurts, dude. It hurts. You can, especially if you use an actual razor, you will cut your nuts. Um, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick your cut, nick cut snag. It, you know none of that stuff. Your nuts are going to be safe. So manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. You, like I said, man, you like who uses the same trimmer? on their dirty balls and their grundle in between their, their like the back of their ball sack and their exit hole. Like how are you going to use the same trimmer on your face that you put there? It's like, look, 85% of women think that grooming or a lack of grooming is a major turnoff. 80% of women think men should manscape below the belt and 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. Like, that comes from the business wire. So, look, here's what we've found from the Manscaped products. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0, which is better than the original Lawnmower. And you might ask how much better. Well, so, all right, so now it trims at 6,000 strokes per minute. That's up from 4,000 strokes per, per minute with the original one. And the battery life has improved from 15 minutes on one charge all the way up to 60 minutes. And it includes a rechargeable battery now. No more double A's. The trimming head's also now replaceable with the lawnmower 2.0. It's now waterproof, guys. I'm telling you, you all you got to do is get that lawnmower, get it down there. It takes a few minutes. They, they give you this, uh, they give you some like newspaper looking stuff to stand on so it's easy to clean up afterwards and then you just kind of get this this ball deodorant this ball toner just kind of get it rubbed around on there you're gonna be feeling silky and smooth before you know it and you're not gonna ever remember what it was like before you started using manscaped alex i couldn't believe it ever since i got my sample kit from manscaped my girlfriend from dallas has been flying out way more often to come see me for a sweaty greek man like me she absolutely loves the ball deodorant and then the ball toner so smooth and shiny and so tight She's able to bounce a half dollar off those hush puppies. And also, man, that you know me, Alex. I got Greeks, we got a lot of chest here. I'm able to use that lawnmower 
up top too. All right, so you can get 20% off and free shipping with promo code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with a special offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's right. Manscaped is offering ROSTERWATCH listeners 20% off and free shipping. To get yours, go to manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH. Again, manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH to get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH. On to the next game, Cowboys at Lions. Cowboys won this one away 35-27. With Amari Cooper playing limited snaps, it was mostly Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb. Gallup went 9 for 148. Cobb went 7 for 115 and a touchdown. For the passing game for the Cowboys, Cooper has another rough week ahead with Stephen Gilmore and the Patriots up next. So he's more of a wide receiver, too, with a low floor for this one. Cobb has been worse starting the last three weeks and will make for an intriguing play this week because the Patriots will probably sell out to stop Ezekiel Elliott and Cooper. Tony Pollard had a great game considering he only played 12 snaps on the day, 6 for 56 and a touchdown. But therein lies the problem. Pollard isn't getting enough action to be flexed with any regularity. He's still a high-end handcuff. On the other side of the ball, Jeff Driscoll does enough with his feet, eight rushes, 51 yards, and a touchdown to warrant streaming consideration as long as Matt Stafford is out, which could be the rest of the fantasy season. The Lions were one of eight teams to attend the Colin Kaepernick workout, so I suppose there's no guarantee Driscoll keeps the spot, but he should get the start this week at least against a Redskins team that is very forgiving to opposing quarterbacks. Driscoll is well worth the stream. And then Bo Scarborough, former Cowboy, got the start on Sunday, despite not being promoted from the practice squad until Saturday. Scarborough was probably the most effective back on the ground the Lions have run onto the field since losing Carrion John, so he'll probably get the start again this week against the Redskins. Janie McKissick does enough in the passing game to remain a flex option, 6 for 53 there. But Ty Johnson can and needs to be dropped. On to the next game, Jaguars at Colts. Jaguars lost this one 13-33. Nick Foles' first game back since week one. He was serviceable in his return. 296 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Though much of his action came in garbage time as the Jaguars tried to mount a comeback, and it was a lot of check down passes. The Jaguars are playing him, or paying him rather, too much to not start him if he's healthy. So he'll get another go of it against the Titans this week. Leonard Fournette. 15 touch, 57 yards, had his worst game of the season, but the Jaguars trailing most of the game. He'll likely get back on track this week, though he hasn't scored since week five. Chris Conley out-targeted D.D. Westbrook 8-6 to six on Sunday. It's hard to say if this will be a regularity going forward, but Conley is enough of a big play receiver to warrant flex consideration, even with Westbrook back on the field. On the other side of the ball, Marlon Mack, Left the game with a broken right hand after getting off to a blistering start. 14 touches, 109 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday. Jonathan Williams came in as his replacement and followed suit, racking up 147 yards on 13 touches. Mac will miss this week and probably more as he injured his carrying hand, so Williams should be in line for a lot more work going forward. And Jordan Wilkins is still out with an ankle injury. Naheem Hines is also worth a PPR ad. He would 
six touches, 35 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday. And then T.Y. Hilton is tentatively slated to return this week, so I'm not speculating on any other Colts wide receivers until I see that he is going to be sitting. Hopefully not. I'll tell you what, you don't have to sit back and watch the season unfold with your hands in your pockets because you, too, can get in on the action. You can support your team every weekend or take advantage of your football knowledge to bring home the bacon with my bookie. Between football season, the start of the NBA season, the NHL season, it's time to get off the sideline and get on the action. There's plenty to bet on and always cash to be won. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet a, you know, a little bit on multiple games uh, and you bet them together so you can get a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go with mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. So it's, it's, it's free money. If you put in $100, they will, they will give you $200 total to bet with there on MyBookie.ag. But you have to use this promo code. Use promo code ROSTER to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER to double your cash. So visit MyBookie.ag today. Remember, use promo code ROSTER to activate that that 2x deposit bonus that is at mybookie.ag visit today you play you win you get paid on to the next game bills at dolphins bills won this one 37 20 josh allen had the best game of his career on sunday throwing three scores and adding one on the ground it's worth noting this game was against miami and that he's facing denver this week Kirk cousins did just put up three scores against the broncos though so allen may still be worth your time John Brown feasted too, but he'll go up against Chris Harris this week, which should be more of a challenge. Stephen Diggs did beat Harris for 115 yards on Sunday, so Brown has a shot. More interestingly, though, Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox could be in line for more work as the Vikings' second wide receiver and tight ends got the bulk of the receiving work on Sunday against the Broncos. On the other side of the ball, Devontae Parker is owned in less than 60% of leagues, which doesn't make sense. He was 7 for 135 yards in this game. He's Miami's best offensive weapon, and he's getting double-digit looks since Preston Williams has gone down. Kalen Balaj is the only starting running back in the, in the league that you'd probably be better off not starting on your fantasy team. He saved his day with an errant touchdown plod, but he averaged one yard per carry on the day. On to the next game, Broncos at Vikings. Broncos lost this one 23-27. Brandon Allen isn't playing worse than Joe Flacco. 240 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. But he's not playing well enough to hold off Drew Locke whenever he's activated. This week may be Allen's last as a starter this season. Noah Fant, tight end, four receptions, 60 yards, had a team-high 11 targets on Sunday. I told you to grab him a couple weeks ago, and hopefully you've listened by now. Wide receiver Tim Patrick. Four receptions, 77 yards, is active for the first time since week two, and he was utilized right away as the number two wide receiver. Cortland Sutton will have his hands full with Tredavious White this week, so maybe Patrick will benefit from that attention. Ola B.C. Johnson had a high in targets on Sunday with nine, six receptions, 35 yards, but it's probably all for naught as Adam Thielen is slated to return after the week 12 bye. Kyle Rudolph will probably fade too. On to the next game, Saints at Buccaneers. Saints won this one 34-17. Latavius Murray had his most touches since Alvin Kamara returned from injury. 
12 touches, 32 yards, and it wasn't garbage time action. He was involved early, but the Bucks don't shrink against running backs, so it didn't amount to much. He should have some decent flex appeal against Carolina this week. Tight end Cameron Brait on the other side of the ball had a team leading 14 targets on Sunday, 10 receptions, 73 yards, with O.J. Howard getting benched for bottling a pass that was intercepted. Howard can be dropped in most formats, unfortunately, while Braid is worth adding where you can. Tampa would be wise to stay away from Atlanta's reinvigorated secondary this week. And Scotty Miller had a decent line on Sunday. Four receptions, 71 yards. But I wouldn't necessarily chase it this week against Atlanta for the reasons I've just disclosed. On to the next game. Jets at Redskins. Jets won this one 34-17. Tight end Ryan Griffin is a boomer bust receiver and the Jets offense going from a negative fantasy score in week 10 to a monster five for 109 and one line in week 11. I'd lean closer to boom this week against the Raiders who are notoriously easy on tight ends. Darius Geis, second year running back, saw his first action since week one scoring on a 45 yard screen pass in addition to 24 yards on the ground. He played behind Adrian Peterson, but he will probably get more snaps going forward. Geis is injury-prone, but his talent is Marshawn Lynch-like. Add him where you can. Terry McLaurin teetered on the edge of fantasy relevance on Sunday with 69 yards on four catches. He's got a pretty excellent schedule to finish the season, but Dwayne Haskins isn't reliable enough to depend on on a weekly basis. McLaurin is a flex at best and a boomer bust one at that. And then Kelvin Harmon. Filled in for Paul Richardson going 5 for 53 on a team leading six targets. If Richardson sits again, Harmon could add some value in deep PPR formats. On to the next game, Cardinals at 49ers. Cardinals lost from 26 to 36. Kenyon Drake took all the touches at running back for the Cardinals. 22 touches, 80 yards, despite David Johnson being active. DJ just isn't right right now, and I don't know that the bye is going to be enough time for him to get back up to speed. Chase Edmonds may be back from injury by then, too, so the outlook is muddled across the board. You need to hold on to DJ, though, until after the next game to see what happens, how they use him. All the 49ers offense got involved against the Cardinals because, well, they had to, because they could. The Cards are a great team to play because they're easy to move the ball in, and they move the ball well themselves. There's always action to be had. Debo Samuel went the biggest for 49ers, 8 for 134 for the second straight week. He needs to be owned in more than half of leagues, as he is now. He'll take a hit when George Kittle gets back, but he's done enough so far to stay on Jimmy Garoppolo's mind. Ross Dwelly had two touchdowns, but it was against the league's worst team against tight ends. He had four receptions for 14 yards on the day. I'm more interested in Kyle Jusic, seven receptions, 63 yards, who's been gone for a month. He was second on the team in targets with seven. If Kittle misses more time, it's him. I want to get a piece of, at least in DFS. On to the next game, Bengals at Raiders. Bengals lost this one 10 to 17. There wasn't much going for the Bengals offense outside of a fiery performance from Joe Mixon. 16 touches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Auden Tate is dealing with a concussion and a cervical strain, so there's a good chance we won't be seeing him this week. Behind him as well, it doesn't really matter who's behind him as long as Ryan Finley's under center. It's actually Alex Erickson and Stanley Morgan, but I wouldn't advise playing either one of them this week. 
Hunter Renfro, 5 for 66 yards, is turning into a poor man's Julian Edelman, leading the Raiders in targets, catches, and yards over the last four weeks. He'll be a high floor flex against the Jets in PPR formats this week. And then Josh Jacobs, he's pretty much settled offensive rookie of the year arguments by now, hasn't he? Is there somebody I'm not thinking of? I guess Kyler Murray gets an argument there too, but I think it's Jacobs right now. On to the next game, Patriots at Eagles. Patriots won this one 17-10. This was perhaps the worst game we've seen out of New England, at least offensively speaking. Ten different players caught two or more balls, but none of it amounted to much. It was nice to see rookie Nikhil Harry get involved after missing the season up to this point. He was 3-for-18. Philip Dorsett left with a concussion, so we could see a door of opportunity open for Harry this week against the Cowboys, though that is not the team you want to throw a lot against. With no Alshon Jeffrey around, Zach Ertz led the Eagles in team targets, 11, and yards, 91. If Jeffrey can't get on the field this week, look for Nelson Aguilar, who had nine targets and 40 yards to soak up targets in his absence. Jordan Matthews, who returned to the team, Played an every-down role as well with no Jeffrey. Though his one-for-six effort was nothing to write home about. On to the next game, Bears at Rams. Bears lost one 7-17. Virtually every decision that Mitch Trubisky made was based off of his hit pointer that he suffered in the second quarter, according to Coach Matt Nagy. Yeah. Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller had 14 in targets and 11 targets, respectively. But they missed about half the time. Trubisky is a liability right now, and Chase Daniel, I think, would probably be a better quarterback for the team, or at least for fantasy. Hopefully Trubisky's pointer keeps him off the field in Week 12 against the Giants. Tariq Cohen had his best game of the season, 14 touches, 74 yards, and a touchdown, playing ahead of an injured David Montgomery. He could be worth a flex if Montgomery is limited throughout the week. Todd Gurley, on the other side of the ball, resembling his old self last the well, the other night. Too bad none of the rest of the offense did. Jared Goff is falling apart <laughs> at the seams, it seems. I don't think week 12 against the Ravens is a get-right moment for Goff, so I'm staying away from the Rams' pass catchers if I can. Something I never thought I'd say. Though Brandon Cooks is slated to return. And then there was the Monday night game. Chiefs and Chargers in Mexico City. Tyreek Hill got injured in the first quarter, hamstring injury. It's not uncommon whenever you're going to a place with a different climate, different altitude for teams, um, for players to get Charlie horses, injure their hamstrings, get cramps, things like that. So Tyreek Hill left the game, and that was it for him. Did not help me in fantasy. I managed to pull it off, but it was it was it was a, it was a nail biter for sure. Keenan Allen went eight for seventy one and touchdown on twelve targets. One of his better games in recent memory. And then Austin Eckler, one hundred thirty two total yards on eight and one hundred and eight receiving. Great game for him. Mike Williams had a decent game. 76 yards, 50 of them came on a last-second pass in the fourth quarter. Phillip Rivers is just playing too poorly right now. Too many shot-putted balls into the defense's hands. Also in Kansas City, 
Damian Williams injured as well. I had both Tyreek Hill and Damian Williams on on the same team in one of my fantasy leagues. It, it was it was it was it was it was a serendipitous moment, at least for the other team. Still pulled it off though. Damian Williams left with a rib injury. LaShawn McCoy played decently in his absence, 57 yards and a touchdown. But I think Daryl Williams was actually <laughs> the better-looking running back, and he's the guy that I would want to look for. And he's probably the guy that's more available in, in fantasy in case Damian Williams cannot get back on the field soon enough. Patrick Mahomes had a career low 182 yards, but they still won the game. I don't see him doing that again anytime soon. Well, well, if Tyreek Hill is out, maybe so. But nobody really stepped up in Tyreek Hill's place outside of Travis Kelsey, who had his usual monster, 7 for 92 and a touchdown. If Hill cannot get back on the field, I suppose McCole Hardman is the guy though he caught only two of four targets for 13 yards. Well, there wasn't much passing to go around, so I guess I can't really blame him. Anyways, that is a fantasy fallout going into Week 12. Hope you got some nuggets to take you into your matches, matchups this week. Again, I am the Trash Man on behalf of RosterWatch.com. Until next time, be ready.